And hello and welcome everyone. It's that special time of the week again. It's time for the comic multiverse where the worlds of comics meet. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, How about is. that? How's your week been, Matt? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, just been working, doing my comic reviews. Yeah, I feel that. I got uh, I got company tomorrow, so I had to spend today cleaning, which was a bit of a pain in the ass. But my place looks much better now. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, we got a nice little smattering of news here. We are, of course, live Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time over on Matt's Twitch channel. We got all the regulars here right now. We got KT and Tevia and Michaelius and Devis and uh, Mielmo X and, you know, everyone. Uh, John Morebeard, of course, uh, coming and joining us. We got a nice, uh, we got at least 20-odd people uh, deciding to spend their Sunday night with us, and that is always much, much appreciated. Definitely appreciated. People are saying it's so that... buffering quite a lot, but it's okay on my end, so. That's, yeah, you're coming in fine for me, too. Maybe uh, maybe they need to, uh, what is that, uh, refresh. Yeah, stop and start. When in doubt, turn it off and on again. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, again, if we have any problems with this, uh, we promise that uh, the audio version and the video version later will be perfect. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's the least uh, we can do. <laughs> Lude Skeletor in the chat saying Immortal Hulk says trans rights. They absolutely did this week, <laughs> and they did it in the most subtle and interesting way. They did it with a coffee cup and a backstory of a character that uh, you didn't think you'd actually get until you get it. And you know what? Uh, because the latter half of this show is going to be dedicated to uh, Birds of Prey talk. Do we want to talk about some comics this week we enjoyed? Figure we can backload the show with that this week? Yeah, fine. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I guess, uh, again, you know, we were talking about a Marvel book. Let's talk about another one. Uh, X-Men 6 was this week. It is. I haven't read this one yet. Okay, then I will try not to spoil too much of it for you because the twist is actually brilliant at the end, and I want you actually surprised because it's just that good. It is a Mystique-centric story. Okay, cool. It's a Mystique-centric story that actually uh, is kind of told out of time, and so you get to see her at a lot of really important uh, places uh, during the founding of Krakoa, before and after, and you basically get to see how she's kind of been involved in everything and how Magneto and Xavier have kind of been keeping her loyal and keeping her on board. Nice. And as you find out at the very end of that story... Mystique knows something that she probably should not know, and that thing may actually threaten all of Krakoa. Ooh, really? Yes, that she might actually be the one that could bring down this whole entire uh, house of cards. Okay, cool. And I love that for Mystique. This is probably the most important Mystique has been in a very long time, and I really appreciate that for her character. Cool. That's what I, I, I've always <laughs> liked like when Mystique gets like, a time to shine every now and then because it's always it's always really interesting hickman does this amazing thing too and that she's such this evil morally reprehensible character so much of the time and yet here he does this amazing thing to actually make you feel bad for her okay cool which is a hell of a trick and you know what i'm not going to say any more of that because like <laughs> i said i genuinely want you to be surprised when you read it oh cool awesome i'm really looking forward to that i was going to read it tonight anyway doing my x-men books tonight Wicked. 
Yeah. Uh, what uh, What did you read, Matt? Is there anything you in particular want to talk about before we hopped in the news this week? I did. I had Superman Heroes issue one. Okay, so I have sworn off all of Superman, so I am dying to know. Did Did Bendis do good or Bendis do bad? This was, this was like a big sort of like companion piece to that whole identity reveal where it was Bendis, Fraction, Rucker, I think some other people all writing like little stories. Right around the fact that superman has revealed his identity and they right, were right. all fantastic every one of them was fantastic including the bendis ones really yeah that's high praise because again i don't think anyone has been bumming on it more than us do yeah. do tell well, do well, explain he, he's been he's like the 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 um the secret identity reveal isn't something new it's been done before but what he's doing around it is really cool he's showing us like in superman issue 20 this week he showed the whole issue was basically one while superman was off fighting mongol and space the whole issue was basically the daily star responding to clark being revealed as superman and how they think it's unfair that someone with superpowers is a reporter since he can always get one up on them and they don't find that very fair in the world of journalism and all that sort of stuff so uh, and then we get we also get Lana Lang back as well. So she's she's kind of mad because Clark never told her he was doing this either. Huh. Yeah, but um. Well, I'll be. Superman Heroes was a bunch of stories about people in Superman's life who learn that he is Superman. Like we get a Jimmy Olsen one. Now the Jimmy Olsen one was pretty funny because jimmy he says he always knew and he always knew because there's only two people on the earth that called him jim and then he realized that there were just the one person uh, um that's fitting there's a, i like that i like that a lot there's a fantastic batman wonder woman one from i think it was greg rucker who wrote that one where ba it basically shows that batman was caught off guard by this and he's a little jealous that this happened as well because superman now obviously has a family and everything stuff that he can't really have and he finds himself jealous at this and right. it's great because wonder woman just calls him on his shit he's like ah this is the one thing you could not prepare for you have an answer for everything that superman can do except this that's funny that superman is actually able to live a happy life and balance being a superhero and being a family man wow that's even better too you know in the same week where they had that uh, alfred funeral issue where basically all of batman's adopted kids read him the riot act <laughs> uh, i hated that issue well i didn't hate it i just like don't understand why half or all the issue was basically them at each other's throats <laughs> Yeah. Well, again, it's the funniest thing. It's like, well, you know, is the Bat family going to come together now in the absence of Alfred? No, of course not, because editorial won't allow them. Editorial has put them in these horrible situations. And now Tynan and Tomasi have to make a story about it, even though the story is going to have no resolution because there's no plans for them to get back together. This is everything as Dio and the editors have divined it to be. They want Batman <laughs> to be miserable and alone. <laughs> and then, and then and a lot of the episodes... I really, was... I think... Oh, go ahead. Or no, I think we can both agree our favorite bit is uh, Barbara Gordon hitting him with both barrels, being like, you know you were fucking around with Catwoman on the beach when he died, right? And that it's basically your fault. And which, again, is like kind of casting an eye at Tom King to be like, this is your fault. You put us in this situation. <laughs> that that was pr that was pretty good. I also like 
that like for some reason most of the book was about rick grayson and yet no one was like are we gonna help this guy like this is nope. dick grayson we now nah, we're just gonna ignore it and it's not even brought up and then he somehow has a picture of of alfred and all of them together after saying that you know he he doesn't remember him or alfred or anything it's not like you know some of the most powerful psychics and magic users in the world who could try and fix his brain. It's not like, oh, I don't know. You could dump him into a Lazarus pit for a little bit or something. Even for Alfred, it's not like you could just bring him back to life. Nah, we just gotta be sad for a bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so those uh, those were some books uh, we talked about this week. Uh, do we want to hop into the news? Because there's actually yeah. a fair amount of it. Yeah. All right, so hopping on into the news over here, we got, uh, oh, here we go. So I guess the biggest piece of news and the thing that kind of took over the internet for the last little bit there is uh, Reeves let us actually see the Batman suit screen test. Yeah, and it looks great. Yeah, looks pretty cool. Looks looks very Arkham video game, doesn't it? It does, and it looks like, it, it looks very much like this is like his first suit yeah like first proper like batman to, suit i like too that there is a cowl that looks like he could actually take on and off yeah yeah the cowl I, I, as people were quick to point out very daredevil like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was a fucking good helmet wasn't it <laughs> yeah it looks good people and people kept saying that like because we get to see like the new bat symbol which looks very much like an old bat symbol it's got no ears or anything on it um, people are quick to say that that's like the gun his parents use. And I know that's part of the comics. That's something that Kevin Smith wrote in that Detective Comics issue. But it was 1000. only a plate. Yeah, it was, it was an a... armor plate. It... But I, I just I just keep asking people to point out, like, they're like, oh, it's the parts of the gun. I'm like, well, what parts? Are, like, if you can t tell me which parts that you see in that that are a gun, I'll agree with you. But none of them could. <laughs> it's not a fucking gun. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like someone tweeted that, then everyone grabbed. I think uh, you know, that's exactly what happened. And just refused to let it go. That's exactly what happened. I believe this. I believe this is what's known as mass hysteria. Yeah, I don't believe it's a gun either. Again, that Kevin Smith story is brand fucking new. Mm -hmm. And again, it was just a plate. And the whole idea that, oh, he wears the gun that shot his parents and it's the bat symbol. I'm like, that is some teenage edgy boy shit is what that yeah. is. Yeah, it's... And I... It's I don't so want stupid. it to be true. Yeah, I, I don't mind it if it was like a plate, like he melted it down and made a plate, whereas something, like, I get the whole idea of, like, this was something that could take someone's life, now it's something that can protect someone's life. I get that, but yeah, like, having, like, this is the gun slide and I put it into my chest and it looks like a bat symbol now, like, that's, that's so stupid. It's also so unnecessary. Again, you know, I hope it's not true because if so that kind of worries me because that's them coming at this like oh we need to fix batman there's not enough lore here already we need to invent something else yeah yeah i really i really hope that that's not the case especially when you have robert pattinson out there in interviews being like oh this batman isn't gonna be sanitized man he's gonna be filthy he's gonna be the old dirty bastard batman <laughs> that you want and it's like really did i want that robert pattinson okay <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know I wanted that. <laughs> the unsanitized Batman. Yeah, because the last ones were so sanitized, right? Yeah. Has Robert Pattinson seen a Batman movie ever, or is he <laughs> just saying buzzwords? Yeah, just, just buzzwords. <laughs> 
just buzzwords. But yeah, the costume looks pretty cool, and it's nice that we got to see this little insight. And again, it is a screen test, so chances are it won't be the last one. So if you love it, hopefully that means they're going in the right direction. And if you don't love it, chill out, because it's probably not going to be the final version. No. Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't seem to realize. This is a camera test. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not, it's not like like this that that was a particular scene in the film perfect example the witcher when we yeah. saw the test footage of that and everyone hated it then it's like yeah it's not the final look everybody yeah as the chat says uh yeah well bruce wayne is an edgy teenage boy man yeah you're not wrong <laughs> that like again if that ended up being in the movie i would begrudgingly be like yeah okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like it, but I'd understand it <laughs> if it ends up being true. <laughs> but uh, for the time being, I see no actual evidence of that being the gun that killed his parents, yeah. even though everyone online seems to love that idea at the moment. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on from that. Uh, oh, we had talked about Superman and the Superman family of books. Well, some sad news coming out of the Superman office, though I feel this is something that will surprise nobody. DC has finally decided to just straight up cancel Supergirl again. It, yeah, it's uh, surprisingly lasted a lot longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. What did they think was going to happen with this book? From the very beginning, it was tied into what Bendis was doing with Superman. You were telling me there were two whole issues that were just literally the Superman book again, but was yeah. shit shifted. And that, uh, yeah, and that was after we had this, like, really cool story where Kara basically learned all about Rogel Zara and the stuff that should have been in the main Superman book with him, with his ties to the Circle and Krypton's destruction and all that sort of stuff. Like, important shit. And then, yeah, we got two issues that were basically just carbon copies of issues of Batman and Superman and, and Superman. And then if that wasn't enough, once that stupidity was done, it's like, okay... Now do this infected stuff as well. So already, whoever's writing this book is slave to what other people are doing, so they never really get to do their own thing. Yeah, J Jody Houser's taken over the book from Mark Andreco through this infected run, and I think like from from the solicitation, it sounds like the infected stuff is going to go straight up until that last issue and end with her back to being normal, but on the run from the police and the government and everything such a such a shame but such as supergirl they struggle so hard to try and find something for her to do that is uniquely kara and you know not just living in superman's shadow it's a shame but again i'm not going to sit here and say uh oh, you know i i didn't think how could this have happened <laughs> yeah it's it's that's always been the thing with the supergirl books is like how do you differentiate it from superman and it's very difficult to do and like even as a superman fan myself i find it difficult to differentiate it's because they they share a lot of the same villains and the, their powers are exactly the same and you know yeah i mean i guess more power to it for all its creative teams that it stuck around as long as it did yeah yeah and hopefully hauser gets to go do something else fun because i was really excited that they gave her such a high profile book and i'm like ooh, i wonder what she's gonna do with this hopefully she can use this as the uh, launch pad to something else hopefully yeah 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 uh tevia thank you for the cheers always appreciated uh bender screws another book yeah i mean it took a while is it bendis or is it editorial on. people keep saying it's bendis like he has some sort of like godlike power over at dc it's, it's, it's editorial it's really editorial 
Bendis is but a symptom of the greater disease. Uh, now, moving on from there, we got a little bit more DC comic news. Uh, the next big Batman event is already slated for, I think, Batman number 95, and that is going to be the beginning of the Joker War. Yes, but this time with no jokes and riddles. It's just Joker no, War. No. Just, just Joker War. Which, man, you know, as far as names go, it's like, look, I, I understand that that's a name that's going to move a lot of books, but also that feels like the first name they threw out. They're like, nope, stop drilling, you hit oil, that's the one. <laughs> I mean, I guess all the good Joker event names are taken, like Last Laugh. That's already taken. Yeah. You could have call, it, call it, like, the final act or something, or... There you go. Can't call it send in the clowns. Can't no. call it anything like that. Yeah. All the all, all the good clown puns and plays on words have been taken. Yeah, should have just called it we live in a society. Society. <laughs> yes, please. Just call it that. We live in a society. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, to see uh, Tynan uh, kind of take the reins of the Joker. And they're, they're definitely setting this up in the actual Batman book itself in the little, mm -hmm. like, backup stories. You know, Joker is well aware that Batman is Bruce Wayne, and this is his big final joke, his big gotcha moment. And they say to really differentiate this is that every other time Batman and the Joker have clashed, you know, the Joker hasn't been trying. He doesn't want to win because he has always wanted him and Batman to keep their back and forth, their dance going forever, but now he actually wants to be done with it. Yeah, which is which is a really cool uh, piece of character development or a new like status quo for the character because yeah, as as you said, he's they kind of stuck in that sort of cycle where none of both of them kind of don't want it to end. So for one of yeah. them to want it to end is really interesting. Definitely. Also, thank you, uh, Gamer My Twenty Four, for uh, the follow. Always much appreciated. Yeah. And uh, I I guess too this kind of feels like you know. Uh, they're already kind of setting them up to be James Tynan's last run on Batman. I think the sad truth of his run and all the runs at DC right now is that they're not going to get to get to 100 because that's when we're going to start 5Ging stuff and when we're going to basically have a soft crisis. Yeah, or if you're like The Flash, which is on issue 87 now, it's like the next issue is going into issue 750 really yeah so there's just like same happened with wonder woman as well they're just like skipping a heap and I'm like oh come on because we got legacy numbers now remember when they did that with detective and action comics yeah. and we thought it was cool and now they're doing it for all the other books and yeah. it's less cool yeah well action action that like they they also kind of cheated as well because they counted mm. the new 52 ones as to like push it to to uh issue 1000 same with the detective i think that's a little bit cheating but it's not as bad as this though yeah to where we're just jumping right to 750 why because it's cool legacy numbering isn't it great <laughs> we've been around that long yeah we can sell these books for more yeah and again to where i'm like oh you know you've had some inconsistent years in there but sure why not we'll we'll take it <laughs> But yeah, that's Joker War coming out soon. They haven't said anything about it, but I can only assume uh, with every other event uh, being, you know, uh, the framework for this, there's probably going to be tie-ins and special one-shots and variant covers and everything oh, yeah. else. So get ready for that. Oh, yeah, but like 20 variant covers or something, yeah. And that I'm sure the Joker will die slash go away here for a long period of time so we can make a big deal about when he's back again. He won't go away. 
No. Well, but we have the Batman who laughs now, so we don't need the Joker as much. <laughs> yeah, he's a character who is Batman and Joker. Together, again, he with all the milkable potential. <laughs> and hey, in fact, I think that might be our next story, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, actually, we got some Marvel news after this. Uh, this was surprising. Spinning out of the pages of Empire, the next big event that's coming down the pipeline, which admittedly, I wasn't too excited about Empire, but all these tie-ins have actually got me a little excited, this one yeah. uh, being one of them. But we're getting a brand new super team called The Union, which uh, naturally is going to be led by Union Jack and a bunch of new heroes. Yeah, yeah, and it's if people are pitching it as like it's the Brexit team. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know, uh, what is it? We, we used to be able to fight for the entire uh, kingdom right here, the entire United Kingdom, but now it's less united. So what <laughs> do we do with that? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. These. Um. As you said, like I wasn't really too taken by empire and then like i started seeing all these tie-ins i'm like oh these are really interesting i'm i'm probably gonna read a lot of them i'm uh, i'm shocked too that in this team uh of britain's greatest superheroes uh great britain's greatest superheroes uh no excalibur on this no. one which which i guess makes sense because you know obviously that's a book in and of itself right now and again the mutants and the other heroes aren't really uh what is it aren't really meshing right now so that's probably why you're not going to see Captain Britain, even though it's like, I guess Union Jack is our Captain Britain stand-in. Do, do you think maybe they might have a, like, a, a crossover with them at some point? Or, like, like like a clash with them or something during if, this, if, this event? If they don't, then they're really dropping the ball. And if Pete Wisdom, Agent Pete Wisdom of MI-13 isn't somehow involved in the Union, then again, they're just dropping the ball and leaving money on the table. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to tell you more about the Union, but uh, again, there's not much known about them except for Union Jack. We got Sword Lady, who looks a bit like British Wonder Woman. Yep. We got Totally Not Starfire up there, who is apparently <laughs> from Scotland. We got Scottish Starfire. Yeah, we got we got Beast Boy down the corner there with the green hair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a dagger. I I don't know where he's from. Somewhere stabby, I guess. <laughs> Somewhere stabby he's from the stabby part of wales you know <laughs> where we stab you in a sing-song voice <laughs> then we got big motherfucker up here on the right with his hood up i like big motherfucker's design a lot i like that he's just got one glowy eye <laughs> that's actually his name as well big motherfucker <laughs> big motherfucker <laughs> or no again it, it's a british team so shouldn't he be absolute unit <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to save the day, then we're going to go for a cheeky Nando's is what we're going to do. <laughs> See, I know my British stuff. What's what's the first thing they're going to do? Oh, no, uh, the hand ninjas have stolen all the tea. <laughs> Not on our... What's that? Hydra is weaponizing corgis to try and kill the queen? Not on our watch, they're not. <laughs> For queen and country, I joke, but seriously, this is this is a fun premise. I'm excited for this. Plus, just cool to see Union Jack and shit because that's a really good costume. Yeah, I, I really like Union Jack's because I know a lot of people don't really like it because it's essentially like a flag. But but there's something yeah. about it that 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 I really like, especially this this particular one. Again, yeah, where he's got kind of like the black, almost uh, red hood uh, type mask and everything. Hmm. 
uh, someone in the chat, Cyborg Soldier, Joel, you're just pitching the sequel to the Queen's Corgi. Really? Oh, one of those like shitty animated movies? Was that a thing where someone tried to weaponize corgis to kill the Queen? Holy shit. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. <laughs> wow. Uh, again, I thought that was a bad movie, and now I'm like, maybe I got to see this. <laughs> Mm. but yeah that's the union this looks kind of cool i'll definitely check this one out i like the idea of every country having their own kind of stand-in super team obviously canada we got the great lakes avengers and alpha flight they're not great but they're ours <laughs> they do something yeah the u.s has uh the uh, squadron supreme they do does australia have a super team i'm sure they do at some point I'm, I'm just trying to remember, there was a team that came about recently. I'm just trying to remember whether it was from DC or Marvel. They like, I know. I uh, want to say it was, I think it might have been DC. But I want to, but I want to say that guy, that, I want to say that guy who was in the, in the recent X-Men books, Gateway was on the team. Yes, that's right. He was a Australian X-Men. I remember Injustice gave, like, an original Australian here, which makes sense because Tom Taylor is from Australia, and then they fucking killed him. Yeah, he was immediately crippled by Superman. <laughs> immediately killed, and I'm like, well, you know, shit happens. <laughs> hmm. The chat saying we need Captain Australia. Agreed. What would Captain Australia look like? What would his we, powers be? We actually have... It, it's a... um. I'm blanking on what the comic is called, uh, but I, th I think it's like an Australian independent comic by some writers over here where the the hero is like an Anzac soldier, and he's oh, like he's like got clever. like the, the the flop hat and everything, and it looks pretty cool. I'm, like I'm blanking on the name because I keep I always see it at, like when I go to the comic cons and everything because they always go there. Same with Canada and Captain Canuck. Uh, the the chat saying it would just be Hugh Jackman. Agreed. We just get Hugh <laughs> yeah. Jackman. We shoot him up with Super Soldier Serum, and the team can be called the Down Underers. I like it. <laughs> We're the Down Underers. <laughs> no crime will be committed on this island nation. <laughs> yeah, that was a prison. <laughs> Yeah, that was a prison. There you go. The, they're all the end results of prison experiments. You know, there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get a get, get a midnight oil uh, blue sky mine reference in there, but I can't quite do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that. We'll workshop that. Oh, that th that can be one of their uh, villains. Uh, blue sky. There you go. Make you like go. a blue sky mine reference. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh all right what else do we got going on here for news uh oh okay again this is what i was talking about before encore the big scott snyder greg capullo uh capstone to their almost decades worth of dc work uh we've been calling it encore forever we knew it was a sequel to dark knight's metal well we officially have its name now it's dark knight's death metal <laughs> of course it's called that <laughs> of course of course it is it's like encore i'm like yeah all right encore that kind of makes sense you know keeping with the music theme because you know morrison set up the idea that all these different universes you need to use musical keys to travel through and again it's literally snyder and capullo's encore no death metal is more uh more on a topic i get it i get it that's cool <laughs> yeah and it, it, it looks pretty cool we, we got to see some covers and 
Uh, we get to see like Batman riding a cool motorcycle with a big scythe, and and these are indeed, yeah, like these aren't like multiversal counterparts like we originally thought when we first talked about this. These are mm-hmm. the actual actual heroes. Did did you see the little bit of story that sort of came out about it? Like they kind of gave it wasn't no, really a, wasn't really like a plot synopsis. It was just like oh, what is this book about? So it's it's like. Like how I said, it's basically Last Night on Earth. Oh. That, that book. But everything is, like, changed. Uh, Batman isn't dead. He's leading the Resistance. Wonder Woman and The Flash are, have teamed up to do something. They didn't say what because apparently it's something big. And uh, mm. Superman has been imprisoned in the sun and has been used to power the oh. sun for eternity. Oh, hot damn. And uh, clearly he's been jerking it there while in the sun, and that explains (laughs) what happens to his arm. Again, what the church told you growing up was right, children. You'll get a freaky dark side arm. (laughs) (laughs) So watch out for that. Uh, That's cool. What I keep waiting for is like, all right, Snyder, are you going to explain what was in Green Arrow's box at any point during all of this? It could come back. It could come back, but probably won't. If, if that comes back and it wasn't just like some editorial they gave to, you know, make Green Arrow feel important, I will I will buy that man a Coke. <laughs> He's like, aha, you thought I forgot. It's like you reminded him. He's like, oh, fuck. I'll write this in in the last issue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> It'll save everyone. Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the thing. Green Arrow's box saves everyone. That would be so fucked up if that was always the plan and that was always the big final MacGuffin Green Arrow's box. <laughs> the box was filled with friendship. Ah, there you go. And we wished Perpetua away. (laughs) We all joined hands and we said, go away, Perpetua, go away. Fuck around with another multiverse. She's like, fine, I'll go fuck around with Marvel. (laughs) And that's how we get Secret Crisis. It's all tracks. She's that Black Black Winter in Thor. She's a null sister. (laughs) <laughs> again we joke about that shit but if that ends up being true holy shit uh that would be pretty damn cool <laughs> that that's th- this is why this is snyder's last dc project because once he's done here he's going to write secret <laughs> crisis for marvel <laughs> him and donny cates are getting together to write it <laughs> I mean, it could, it could happen. Uh, what is it? Uh, my buddy Sal actually wrote a whole uh, video there that was quite uh, informative where he's like, look, you know, how could we deal with this in 2020? How could we get another Marvel DC crossover where they could split the profits and have it all be okay and everyone feel like their hands got washed? The answer is have IDW uh, put it out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would actually be pretty cool. <laughs> have a third company do it you split the profits right down the middle they just license the characters which idw does all the time they did it for power rangers and ninja turtles and star trek just treat it like anything else yeah and and if it sucks and it's bad blame idw (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're the ones who wrote everything and did everything yeah (laughs) yeah and if it's bad take all the credit (laughs) or if it's good take all the credit for yourself (laughs) I think it works out quite perfectly. But yeah, there's death metal coming down the pipeline. I'm excited for it. Really, if only just because I want to see how that fucking Justice League story ended. That's such a kick in the teeth where it's just like, all right, how does it end? You got to wait. It was a really weird ending because as I said before, it didn't tease this or anything. It just 
like ended oh. and then the week after we got the the new like book that takes place before or after or whenever during again who cares we're just 5g'ing this all out of existence soon enough anyway so enjoy yeah. it while you can well, speaking of 5g did you see the uh the announcement for the the all the one shots that are coming out for that oh no i missed that actually holy shit that was a big one um they're doing it they're starting with generation one and it's, it's going to be a series of one shots um set in that generation and they're all written mm. by a different writer and stuff the first one's written by I can't remember what the guy's name was, but I looked him up and he's barely done anything outside of like editorial. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. Ugh. I see, I see what this Ugh. means. And this is how we're starting so, this event. <laughs> so, so after fucking around and imposing their will forever, the editors are just going to write the books now. Okay. Yeah, this guy has written stuff, but it's always been like like stories that are in bigger books, like little little couple page stories. I'm like, oh, oh. You, uh, you want, you, uh, you want to know a dirty secret about editors writing books? Uh, as it basically came out later, and a bunch of jilted writers will tell you, uh, that's basically what happened in the New Fifty Two. The editors basically did write the books. And look how that turned out. <laughs> and look how that turned out. Hey, I don't know. Maybe five G's the shot in the arm they need. I mean, it can't really get worse at DC right now. But I mean. <laughs> actually no that's not true things can always get worse yeah, don't, don't give them you know a chance to prove you wrong joel <laughs> and again with the with the talks too where it's like okay so tynan's out and who's going to be writing batman well a guy who's never written a comic book before but who wrote hollywood movies and because we really really want to get non-comic readers in so we're going to get non-comic writers to write comics mm -hmm. that seems weird yeah I guess we'll see. <laughs> time time will tell, and if nothing else, it'll be good content for us, Mac, because everyone's going to want to know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm more than happy to do all this because it'll give me content for my channel, and people will definitely show up for it. <laughs> yeah, at least we're going to have stuff to talk about for the next little bit, so that's always a plus. <laughs> uh what else do we got going on here it's done da, 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 da. oh here's a big piece of news i really didn't see this one coming this is probably one of the most pleasant surprises in a very long time paul motherfucking dini that is his full name actually in case you didn't know <laughs> paul mf dini uh the man who helped bring us batman the animated series the man who wrote some of your favorite batman stories of all time the uh the creator i guess co-creator because he came up with her other people drew her of harley quinn is coming back to do more batman the animated uh stories in a brand new comic series and oh my god it looks fucking beautiful it does it looks so damn cool I'm really excited for this. The art we saw in it looks really damn good. I'm intrigued to see what stories they will tell or that and like what ones Same. whether they'll like use ones that they didn't like they couldn't use in the in the show due to like budget mm -hmm. or, or just didn't have time for or something. It's true. It uh, it also really helps too the Batman the animated series. One of the best things about it is that it didn't matter if you came in in episode 1 or episode 100. Uh, the show was kind of built in a way that you could watch any episode and really enjoy it. And I have to wonder, will this be making, you know, callbacks and references? Uh, we got the red skies and the great Art Deco buildings and everything, so we're already halfway there. I am just so, so goddamn up for this. I really am. Yeah, I said on tour, I hope that that Bruce Tim comes back for those, those Batgirl one-shot issues. 
because <laughs> he's got there a good go. grasp he, of the character. He does, and again, you know, even if he just drew some stuff in the background, that would be pretty great. Because I don't know, does does Tim draw stuff anymore? I don't know if he is as hardworking artist, or I think I haven't heard much of him in a long time. I know he produces some of those animated movies every so often, but by and large. I think he's just counting his money and just not having to work anymore. Yeah, he's busy putting Batgirl and Batman together as a romantic couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now they're going to kiss. I yeah, can do this. They've got to go fuck <laughs> on that rooftop over there. Again, you know, you got to wonder whose idea was that. Was that his? Was that Azarello? Because, like, that was always a thread in the show that they never did until that killing joke movie where they were finally able to do it and i'm like all right whose fetish is this Who, who's who's really into this as a see i thought it was deanie because i thought he was really the kinkster out of the group but no apparently apparently it's uh what is it? apparently it's him that was the dirty bird all along <laughs> which should have made sense because doesn't he have like a whole art book that's just and i draw naked ladies yeah yeah <laughs> What, what's that? Bruce Tim's naughty or nice? I see that at every convention. I'm like, oh, oh, you lovable perv, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this this is respectable now. It's fine. No, they're they're classy nudes. <laughs> uh, he will not be involved in this book, though. No, no. not yet, anyway. Yeah, unless, unless he's like a like a secret writer that hasn't been announced yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, again, what what kind of stories would you like to see? Because this is kind of that cool time where it's like uh, stuff that's happened in the comic sense. Deanie could really, uh, what is it, uh, adapt into the Batman, the animated series universe. Like it would be cool to see maybe his take on Hush because obviously he wrote Heart of Hush and everything. Yeah, I, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see like more more newer stuff that we've seen like good newer stuff that we've seen in the mm -hmm. comics like like i would like to see the court of owls his version of the court of owls i think that'd be pretty cool that would be really great uh i'm sure too Dini's sitting on some original stuff again mm -hmm. you know he created so many characters people love uh it'd be fun to see him come back and write harley quinn again especially that version of harley quinn that exists within the batman the animated series universe who hasn't been changed or messed around with or you know become mm -hmm. the fourth pillar or maybe maybe he'll do it his way wouldn't that be some shit like yeah i want harley to be a solo character but my way <laughs> yeah good my you know an actual fleshed out character uh, again, they could bring in characters we never saw before, like Deathstroke. Uh, that would mm, be fun yeah. to see their take on it. Heck, uh, could even bring some characters who were never in the show, like Batwoman or Luke Fox or Duke. That would be kind of interesting, kind of help fill out the whole roster. I would also like to see, and this this again goes with like, like, oh, would he be able to do this because Tom King's busy fucking up with that character? Uh, and that is the Phantasm yeah like yeah bring bring andrea back and we never saw her do, again yeah do, do something with her but will he be able to do that because fucking tom king's got a hand on her and although he's got a hand on her in a book that has no release date so there you go he's uh he's got to go uh go 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 work for hollywood <laughs> in that new gods movie that's definitely coming out we promise it's definitely coming out uh, yeah, I mean, just sky's the limit for this book, and it looks so good. I'm just so goddamn it. I wish it, I wish it came out tomorrow. I wish I could read it now. The best thing is, it's digital first as well. So, like, we're not gonna have to like wait a little bit. Usually, like you do with these, like, like the Superman print, giants yeah. and stuff like that. It's coming out for 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 digital first. 
And about goddamn time, again, you know, DC, you had such a leg up on Marvel for yeah. so long in the realm of digital comics with Injustice and, you know, Batman Beyond 2.0 and Justice League Beyond 2.0. Why did you ever give up that lead and stop doing digital comics? Well, I know exactly why you stopped doing it. It's because Injustice came to an end and you're like, oh, God, we're not making any money off this anymore. Yeah, it's it's such a damn shame that they, they just, like, gave up on it. Because, yeah, their digital stuff, like, pretty much all of it was damn good like like you said i followed injustice straight from the beginning through digital and it was fantastic yeah and it seemed so much as like yep this this is the future right here a comic that comes out every week is a little shorter but very concise and you can read it in a short amount of time and you feel satisfied and it's its own little universe that everyone knows why why did you stop doing this you should have done more with that yeah that's what that's what i've always thought they should do like they should do like different like multiverse stories in digital form so like oh here's like an earth 2 book that's digital only or like an earth 3 book or something you know like different earths where it's kind of like obviously not in continuity it's away from like the physical main stuff people can differentiate themselves like they did with injustice yeah you know what i think the problem is i think any ideas that they had for that ended up becoming uh walmart comics yeah yeah that's a shame and even then i don't think they're they're doing quite well either i'm not too sure Oh, no, Again, did, they, didn't, didn't we do it didn't we like talk about that they they like canceled a bunch of them or something they did some are hard to find it seems it feels like a flight of fancy is what it feels like yeah feels more like a flight of fancy than it does anything because again you know even with shows you got going on right now on the app like that harley quinn show and young justice when that comes back for season four those should have comics in between to tide people over is what they should have. That's what they should be doing. They should be releasing comics on that app exclusively to that app, like a Harley Quinn yeah. comic and stuff. But not, not going to do that. Got the Walmart comic. Yeah, again, where it's like, look, if you took this Batman Universe book, which is really good, and this Superman Up in the Sky book, which we really enjoyed, and you put it here, I think people would read it, and people would enjoy it, and that would be smart. But, you yeah. know, that's that's just me. What, 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 what the fuck do I know? Yeah. <laughs> nothing apparently uh now from the world of batman to the world of x-men we're getting another x-men book matt i know it's a day doesn't go by where a new x-men book isn't announced you know we're gonna find out next week that matt and i are actually writing an x-men book <laughs> everyone's getting one called uh yeah, we're, we're, we're rebooting the Extreme X-Men is what we're going to do. That uh, that was the last name at the bottom of the hat. Everyone had taken all the other team <laughs> names. This was all we had left. So Matt and I are going to be writing the Extreme X-Men. We got the red and black costumes. It's going to be great. <laughs> all the shittiest X-Men. We got the only ones who were left. It's going to be great. We got, we got Husk and Glob and all of them. <laughs> This book is going to be terrible, but but hey, they said they want six issues, so we're going to do it. <laughs> uh, but no, the book I'm talking about is one that's not going to be shit, and that is X-Factor, which I have always loved the X-Factor concept, and I really like the artwork they put out. They basically look like a Power Ranger team. They do, yeah. They all got their own unique color, and like the costume reflects that and everything. They all got like the, the like X-Factor symbol somewhere on the costume. Looks really cool. I, uh, I read a little article about this where they talked to the writer and they said, you know, they actually struggled 
to find the new X Factor logo. And the idea being is that, you know, while well, every team has an X on them somewhere is the thing, but they're they're the investigative branch of Krakoa. You know, they're they're the detectives. They're the ones trying to hunt down mutants who might be dead or might be missing. And the idea was is like, okay, let's have a circle and an X, but there's nothing in the circle because, you know, that's what they're trying to find. They're all trying to fill the circle. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's very smart and, and clever uh way to yeah brand a logo then that that's the thing with like all the logos of this thing they've like actually done the time like i think jonathan hickman posted a page where it was like it was like a style guide and it's like this is how the x mm -hmm. is going to look on like the x-men book and this is what all the, the like yeah, yeah. cohen letters mean and it's like stuff like that that other comics probably wouldn't even think of yeah absolutely uh polaris is looking great on the team always loved polaris mm -hmm. always had a soft spot for her uh, kind of cool to see her doing her own thing. Uh, Northstar, Aurora, Aurora, they just announced was going to be on the team. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Someone in the chat saying, where's multiple man? Yeah, yeah, where is multiple man? Good question. But perhaps the biggest redesign is actually Dawkin for the team. They've really taken him back to zero and taken him in a new direction. <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, he got some beef on him now. He's a beefy boy now. He's yeah. a big shirtless beefy boy. <laughs> Man, the Twitter discourse when they came out with this new version of Dokken was truly amazing. I, I'm really used to in comics, and I'm sure you've seen it a lot too, Matt. Whenever they like change a female character's design, you always have a bunch of like horny straight nerds being like, nah, she's not sexy anymore. Yeah, how am I supposed to <laughs> masturbate to this? With Dokken, it was quite interesting because we got to see the gay nerd version of that. And they're like, oh, he went from twink to bear. How am I supposed to masturbate to this? This isn't my <laughs> fetish. And again, like I'm, tr and I'm trying to be really understanding and everything. And I'm just like, hmm, hmm. I understand what some of those words mean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes all right <laughs> but yeah i just thought that was so funny i'm like hey you know maybe uh maybe he'll be worth reading about too now that they've changed his look <laughs> yeah yeah maybe if they changed his look they've like actually gave him some character <laughs> might, some development might just look... <laughs> I, I wish again too i appreciate that that he just doesn't look like logan anymore and he especially yeah. doesn't look like uh, x23 and anyone else where it's just like look he's his own thing now he's he's been hitting the gym he's been eating up on that protein <laughs> And it's funny. It's funny when you say he doesn't look like Logan. He doesn't look like Logan, but then he somehow now with this redesign looks like Logan a little more. Like he's a little bit bigger, and, and whereas it's before weird, he was like it? leaner and slimmer and everything. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. He's also got a bit more of a samurai thing going on mm -hmm. now, so he's really like you know digging his own Japanese heritage. Which all right. Yeah that's cool but yeah i'm excited for x factor i'll definitely check that one out <laughs> as crusader con in the chat says Duncan still looks hot all right then <laughs> this one gets the crusader con seal of approval we can put that one on the book that'll be your first quote uh all righty then uh, what else do we got here uh oh so here is a piece of news i call shit only joel cares about and shit joel found out about today and now you all have to listen to it so <laughs> Again, you, you may have heard of this a while back in a, in a project that I never thought would uh, see the light of day. They said that Chris Rock was going to be producing and starring in a brand new Saw movie. And I'm like, fuck off. That's not happening. Why would you say something like that? Only to find out that, yes, he is doing it. 
and it's now officially a full spinoff. It's called Spiral from the Book of Saw, and it's starring Chris Rock in a buddy cop comedy horror movie. It's him, it's Samuel L. Jackson, on the trail of the spiral killer who is killing cops in a way very similar to how Jigsaw killed people with elaborate <laughs> death traps. Well, what really surprised me about this was I, I heard about, like, like Chris Rock's doing a Saw movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, then. What really surprised me was, like, oh, they've actually, like, already filmed it. And, oh, here's a fucking trailer for yeah. it. <laughs> I know, right? I couldn't fucking believe it. And I can't believe this weird-ass tone they're hitting with it. And I just, like, I, again, talk about, like, uh, something. I, I want it now. Even if it's shit, I want it now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, like it looks pretty damn good like it, it, the, the way like it's it set does. up with like him as the detective and everything and i'm like oh please do like like that whole thing that the other saw movies did where like you'll get a sequel and it'll be basically the first film but from different angles where another character uh, saw this character do this and i'm like oh do that whole ridiculous shit again but with chris rock this man, time i, I Man, I am such, like, an unironic fan of the Saw series. <laughs> I love that they are in love with their own continuity. I love that everyone else has, like, different levels of acting. Like, for some people, this is their first movie. Some people totally overact. And then you got people like Tobin Bell, who's, like, giving his fucking Oscar performance every time <laughs> in this schlocky horror movie i love that they filmed it in the whiskey factories in toronto and that i can actually pick out landmarks in the movie <laughs> <laughs> again like you said i love that you could be a minor character in saw 3 and then you would be the star of saw 5 even yeah. if you've never been in a movie before because yeah, uh, anyone could be a star yeah this this guy who was just some rando in like saw 2 he's now the villain of saw 6 and stuff like that yeah he had a whole rich backstory you didn't know about. Also, too, this movie, it might be a little too early to call, but I get a very kind of like uh, Get Out Us vibe to this, where this is going to kind of be like the socially relevant horror movie, where mm -hmm. I'm like, how much money about these cops that getting or that are getting murdered were uh, dirty cops? Yeah, yeah. Or well, they're somehow involved with it somehow. Or, or cops that got off uh, for shooting unarmed people. And I'm like, I bet that's why chris rock was interested in this story because mm -hmm. again too people forget you know most of the saw movies are really schlocky but then you get that one that actually kind of took aim at uh what is it the insurance industry and mm -hmm. the healthcare system in america mainly because well our slasher our poster child is a cancer patient so it kind of makes sense yeah. that he'd have a bone to pick with these people <laughs> yeah yeah it, it had that like yeah that weird sort of like i, I want to say like political sort of thing behind it uh, that, and and sometimes it, it would come out really ham-fisted but all the times like that insurance oh, yeah. thing it was like oh that's actually quite cool and it's it's the only one that did it and it's funny you could tell that they were at a fork in the road for the saw movies where it's like yeah. okay we can be the purge or we can keep being schlock they kept being schlock <laughs> but like in an alternate universe this this movie spiral was the sequel and we actually got uh what is it more politically minded horror <laughs> oh and tevia saying uh jigsaw sucked yeah was that the last one i don't think i remember seeing that one i don't the I, very i honestly can't remember i'm probably going to go back and rewatch them all once this film starts getting near release they all bleed together i would say if you're into it i would say most of them are pretty good there's maybe one or two duds in there where it's like well 
this isn't as good as it. Like, I think four was like my least favorite because you could tell they were getting done one trilogy and starting a new trilogy. Mm -hmm. But like some are actually pretty good. And like, I almost respect them for making those movies on the fly like they did. Yeah, I, I like the first three because yeah, that's like a story. But yeah, with number four, it felt like, oh, people actually really like that story. So like, and that because that's when like all the ridiculous like retcons and stuff happen like yeah, oh it was actually yeah. really this person behind everything and all that like that that one where that cop who was in like the first like couple of movies where he's just like a cop he's suddenly the bad guy now yes hoffman yes yeah yeah <laughs> yes which i think his name is like costas mandalore or something yeah. so he's basically a mandalorian <laughs> But yeah, the, the Saw series is so fucking weird, and it reigns supreme for so long. <laughs> and I love that we're getting a weird-ass sequel to this now. I am so fucking on board with this. <laughs> I am going to be the first in line in the theater to see this one. It's going to be me, and they're going to be like, man, that man is way too happy to see this Chris Rock horror movie. <laughs> this is This is like your Sonic <laughs> it oh yes yes one this is my sonic this is my cats this is my hook it to my fucking veins now please <laughs> which man speaking of sonic that one actually got some fairly all right reviews yeah. which i'm surprised about i went and saw it on a whim and it's 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 not bad it's not good it's just it's like yeah, it's it's all right it's adequate which for yeah. sonic is surprising and for video game movies is surprising it's like the whole world was marking that movie on a fucking curve yeah it's, if the, if this movie had come out in like 2000 2002 it would be like the smash hit of the year like it's it's very much right, that like early 2000s film and like i, I could see this and it, it's even funnier because like if it was made in early 2000s i could see james marston playing the exact same role <laughs> It's a movie out of time, isn't it? Yeah. Also, Jim Carrey's really fantastic is. in it. That's what I hear, that he basically saves the whole damn thing. Oh, thank you for the cheers, Party Pug. That, again, this is him in, like, Ace Ventura mode, where mm -hmm. they just, like, let him off the leash and say, do whatever you want. Yeah, oh, and he, he does everything he wants. <laughs> everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not a piece of scenery left standing because he chewed it all thoroughly. <laughs> uh yeah so there's that there's shit joel cares about uh corner everyone mm -hmm. I, again you, you mentioned sonic the fact that they had the sonic movie come out on valentine's day and a bunch of trendy couples saw it ironically went home and banged and that means that there's going to be a bunch of sonic the hedgehog kids <laughs> in a couple years oh god <laughs> in like six to nine months imagine having to tell your kid that where it's like well you know we went out to a fancy restaurant on valentine's day and then we said we'd see the sonic movie ironically <laughs> and then later that night we totally plowed with images of jim carrey in our minds <laughs> and that's how you were born <laughs> Now get back to work in the spice mines of 2030 or wherever we're going to be working by then. <laughs> you know, someone, someone's got to, you know, go out into the wasteland and get gasoline for the warlord <laughs> yeah, by that uh, time. Yes, the, the kid who was born by a Sonic. <laughs> oh, fuck. Man, I bet we didn't think we'd talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and with that, everyone, again, we're having a conversation about movies, so this actually serves as a really solid segue. Uh, I finally got to see Birds of Prey last week, and because, you know, we kind of alluded to some of the conversation, I figure, hey, let's talk about it more in depth now that I've actually seen it. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll just come out and give my initial thoughts, because Matt gave his. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, there was some fun stuff in there. I don't like it as much as Shazam, but boy, do I like it more than Suicide Squad. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a bad film, but yeah, it's kind of just like in that middling ground. This uh, this was the lady's first time directing, yes, who did this, I do believe. This was her first big film. I, I think, yeah, I think it's like her first big studio film. Okay, because again, this feels very much like a movie I would make if you said, okay, Joel, it's your first at bat. Because it feels like seven movies all at once, and it's like, look, I may never get to do another one of these, so I'm going to do everything I want in this film, even if it doesn't quite gel and doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, yeah, the, it felt like that, as well as, like, we do know that, like, I think for all the action scenes were done by the second director unit, so I don't think she had, I think she might have had a little bit of a hand in it, but they were mainly left to the second director unit, which was the guy who directed John Wick. Okay, see, I was going to bring that up, and I'm glad you said that, Matt, because uh, I was going to say whoever did the action scenes in this has a really unique eye. The one that especially blew me away was the one uh, in the prison cells with the mm. sprinklers going off and everything. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is really well put together. This is really fucking solid. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, the prison yard fight from the raid, too, only mm -hmm. with, you know, uh, water instead of mud. Yeah, yeah. That was really well put together. Also, that biker who uh, tries to kill Harley there, was that Tom Savini? I don't know. I that don't think so. That was either horror legend Tom Savini or a man who looked a lot like Tom Savini. <laughs> that bugged the shit out of me. I'm like, why is Tom Savini trying to kill Harley Quinn right now? <laughs> uh, I, I guess story-wise, uh, I, I, I will give them credit for actually hammering out a more actual three-dimensional version of the Harley character than Suicide Squad ever did. I actually quite enjoyed the little animated segment they had at the beginning of the movie where Harley uh, basically tells us about her life. Yep, yep. I actually, I actually wish the movie had more of that. I wish every character had a fun little animated segment about their lives. I think that would actually really uh, give the movie an edge in that regard. The, the only thing, I, 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 I think it was a missed opportunity to not have it as like the Batman animated series animation. Oh, yeah, that would have been pretty sweet, kind of pay homage to where she came from yeah if, if they if they did it again when they do the special edition of birds of prey they should definitely <laughs> the, do the that special pg version that's definitely going to be coming out <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing too because as i sat and watched the movie i'm like none of this really needed to be r no. yeah they dropped some f-bombs here and there black mask cuts a family's face off and everything but you know you could get around that by and large you really wouldn't lose much from the movie that's the thing it's r-rated just for the fact that it could be r-rated it it's r-rated that doesn't serve the story like how logan or like deadpool's r-rated uh. serve the story this one doesn't yeah I, I have to wonder did this one going r-rated have something to do with the success of joker was that like warner brothers kind of feeling themselves and being like oh if we make more r-rated clown movies then obviously we're gonna have no problem filling out the seats it feels like that but it also feels like i i they, wonder they go by the whole if it's r-rated it's mature like 
it's mature like it's for adults mm, like they're enough. in they're in that mindset right, where it's right, like which it, even if a movie's pg-13 it can still be for adults absolutely absolutely uh so yeah you know it, it's funny it's called birds of prey yet that would be like calling deadpool 2 x-force because even though they are in the movie and they all get their own little arcs it could not be less about them this is the mm-hmm. harley movie through and through so i see why they changed the name when they did yeah yeah it, it is absolutely not a birds of prey film they're they're not not even really the birds of prey until like the last like 30 seconds <laughs> Which, which I actually kind of respected because they keep that continuity intact where it's like, yes, Harley is not a member of the Birds of Prey. In fact, they assemble and become a team completely independently of her to where I'm like, well, if that's the case then, then why did you call the movie Birds of Prey? And that's what I said in my review that like, as I was watching the film, I was like, oh, like you could like, if you just film things just a little bit differently, you could have easily, easily taken Harley Quinn's part of the story spread it out amongst the other characters and actually made a birds of prey film and not have harley yeah, I, quinn I in the film structurally this movie reminded me a lot of like a guy Ritchie, you know crime caper mm-hmm. and i'm not just saying that because they're all fighting over a diamond which is very much like snatch mm-hmm. But seriously, where it's like, okay, here's here's the little segment with Rene Montoya, here's the little segment with Huntress, here's a segment over here with, uh, what is it, with Dinah and how they all intersect together at the end. It, it felt very Guy Ritchie, didn't it? It did, yeah, yeah. It, I think that was even like like when, when and it annoyed me, but like when Hollywood would like stop the story to like talk to the audience in a Deadpool-like way to say, this is how this happened and kind of go back to like the beginning of the story so you understand it mid-story yeah yeah that's kind of like a guy Ritchie sort of thing i i feel too that was kind of like their way of justifying why the movie happened in so many segments where it's like no 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 it's not that it's disjointed it's that crazy harley is telling you a crazy story that Mm -hmm. doesn't match up with everything yeah uh i was genuinely i was genuinely surprised that i liked uh this version of uh black canary as much as i did mainly because they keep a shocking amount of her origin actually intact here with one conversation to be like yes we know you're a metahuman your mom was a metahuman too and implied to be a crime fighter and i'm like really they changed so much about so many other characters but they kept that intact that's really surprising again it's really weird they're like really selective with what they choose for like these characters like some will be like like black canary more or less like their comic counterpart and then you'll get like cassandra kane who is really only hearing name only they could literally have called her anything else and it would have made as much like, sense why I'm didn't surprised they, they burned. why didn't they just just make her she some rando just been... Again, you know, I think by making by giving her that name, you get to put her on the poster and you get to talk about her, you know, like, oh, here's another comic character we're adapting, even though we're not really adapting. And then, you know, like that bugged me, too, at first. And then I'm like, well, this is probably the only way you're ever going to get to see Cassandra Kane in a DC movie now, because they sure as fuck ain't doing Robin. And if they ain't doing the most famous, well-known sidekick, then you're not getting any Batgirl, let alone like the third Batgirl. <laughs> There was one thing I did like with Cassandra Cannon. It's something that they didn't do, which I I thought they were going to do. So that's when 
she swallows the diamond because like the whole film that plays off the fact that she swallowed the diamond they got to get it out mm-hmm. i was for sure thought they were going to have her swallow the diamond and that was going to make her mute and like that was the reason why uh, she couldn't and i'm like oh don't do it don't do it. but they didn't do it and i'm like oh thank you for not actually doing that stupid thing that i thought you were yeah, going to yeah. do <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm not gonna like some people are calling like, oh, it's a butchering. Oh, they did her dirty. They ruined her. No, they didn't ruin her. They just didn't do her at all. Is the thing. It's actually <laughs> better this way. Then they tried to say like again, like Matt said, oh, she's mute because she swallowed a diamond or anything. That would be ruining. That would be showing disrespect for the character. This is they just took the name and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, speaking of name and nothing else. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask, who it is very, very easy to tell he never wore that mask when they filmed it originally, and they very awkwardly put in scenes where he was wearing it. Well, I, I'll, yeah, yeah, well, that, that's the thing, like, I'll have to, like, go back and look once it comes out on DVD, but I, I swear someone on Twitter pointed out that when we first see the mask in that, like, kind of, like, Suicide Squaddy, like, title card for the character sort of thing they had is completely different mm. to the one we see at the end of the film. Like, like the mask looks completely different. Oh, no so I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, it was very obvious that all that stuff was reshot to act. Cause I guarantee you in the, in the original cut, they probably didn't even wear the mask. Oh, of course not. I bet he was only supposed to, the, the, the bar was called the black mask bar. He was supposed to have it during that trippy diamonds are a girl's best friend segment. That was going to be it. But then fans got mad, so they had to put it back in there. My favorite part is when he's standing there at the funhouse at the end, and, oh, he has this modulation over his voice now because apparently the mask can do that. And I'm like, no, you and McGregor just didn't want to show back up to set, <laughs> so you just put it on someone else. Yeah, you just put it on the stunt double. <laughs> yeah, And, and it makes fine. sense as well because when he dies at the end, he's not wearing the mask or anything at all. He's not He's not wearing the mask at all, which, all right, sure, fine. You worked it in a little bit. That's fine. We can all agree, though, you and McGregor, a lot of fun in this role. Again, he is just doing his hammy best. Yeah, he's 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 chewing up that scenery and not leaving anything left unchewed. He's 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 funny. He's he can get real serious and violent at times. And yeah, he, he, he makes Roman Sionis an actual good character. Yes, an actual character. They give him stuff to do. Mm-hmm. They give him a bit of pathos that, you know, he's living in the shadow of rich, successful parents. And, you know, being a violent criminal is his way of kind of getting noticed, you know, like the kid having a temper tantrum, but mm-hmm. doing it to the nth degree. He has fun interplay with Zaz that I wasn't expecting, where in some bitch, like, are they are these two a couple? I think they might be a couple. Yeah, I think they were meant to be. But, yeah, they, they didn't want to do, like, go all that way because of, you know china and whatnot which funny enough the movie isn't even in china at the moment which blows my mind i'm like oh come on let's have a gay super villain let's do for it since 2020 (laughs) let 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 black mask have a boyfriend why not (laughs) it can only make him more interesting yeah yeah it'll actually give him something to do Yeah, which again, hey, false face society, you know, ooh, I put a false face out to the world because they can't know what I am under it. I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense and kind of tracks, actually, mm-hmm. if that was something they were willing to do. Uh, what else was there? Ooh, we haven't talked about Huntress yet. Man, in all those little segments with Huntress, because they kind of have this whole who is the crossbow killer thing, who's killing mobsters, in the few scenes with her, I'm like, man, 
you could have made a really good John Wick-esque movie with Huntress on her own. I think that would have been fucking huge, but she gets a small segment in this. Yeah, yeah, we've basically just talked about her for as long as she's in the film. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, she, she gets the least to do out of anybody. Yeah, and I, I didn't like the character here because it feels like she was given one stage direction and that was act angry. Yes. And that, that's act, all act- it was. <laughs> Uh, act angry when you're not kind of acting oblivious because like the joke is her big you know through line comedy bit is that she like wants to be uh like a quentin tarantino protagonist where it's like do you remember me bill do you remember me matsumoto but the thing is that she can never get through her speech yeah. she can never get it done yeah. which is pretty funny it in is. and of itself and and that's her thing like she's like trying in the mirror to be like oh you know am i scary enough am i doing right again very guy Ritchie movie very like guy Ritchie protagonist it's also really weird that she doesn't get a lot to do when considering the diamond she has is the bertinelli diamond and that's like the whole that's like the plot point in the film and she's barely like involved with it at all yeah, she doesn't much give a shit about the diamond, which is surprising because it's the thing that's promoting all these other characters around hell. Uh, when you get the big reveal where it's like, oh, yeah, I was just here to kill Zaz. My arc is done, basically. You know, my movie is finished. And then she still gets involved at the big fight at the end. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely like this version of Huntress. And I hope that if nothing else, they can put her in something else. Because I would actually think it would be cool if this version of Huntress showed up in, like, a Batman sequel or something. That would be pretty cool. Like, yeah, if they if they gave her a little bit more to do, I would probably like the character a lot more. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, least, at least, like, Renee Montoya got a lot to do. I liked Renee Montoya. Boy, did I ever. And I'm a, I, I've had, like, a huge fucking crush on Rosie Perez for, like, so long from, like, White Man Can't Jump Onward. And I was fan casting her forever to be like, she should be Renee Montoya. I don't care that she's short, whatever. Trick trick photography will Peter Jackson this shit and make her look <laughs> taller than she actually is. And then it got to the point where it's like, no, oh, they'll never cast her now as Renee Montoya because in Hollywood's weird uh, eyes, you know, she's too old now. Then to hear that she got the role anyway, and I'm like, fuck yeah, all right. Yeah, and she, she's great in it. I, I really enjoyed her. I especially enjoyed her, like, through most of the movie, she wore a shirt that said, I shaved my balls for this. For this, which is a pretty great visual gag. Also, her friend, and maybe implied more in something that they cut from this, is Ali Wong, the district attorney. And that blew my mind that Ali Wong is in this movie, <laughs> but does not say or do anything funny. <laughs> yeah, she's just, like, there for a scene, and that's it that that has to be more on the cutting room floor like you do mm. not hire a very funny comedian with several netflix specials and then not have them do any bits or any shtick yeah a lot of this film felt like like it was a cut like the whole like huntress in the diamond thing like she wasn't involved with the plot because it felt like a lot of that was cut out and again like yeah. I, i've heard like rumors that like originally on the diamond was like like black masks dick pics or something i don't don't (laughs) fucking know like why they would be on a diamond i don't know and then that got changed in like the research to be like codes for fucking a fortune or something 
Yeah, which, you know what, I'm fine with that, too. I like that, you know, the, uh, what is it, the, the diamond isn't enough for what it's worth monetarily. No, there's bank account numbers on the diamond, and that's what they're after. I'm like, okay, that's very suitably comic book, and also fits this story, too, because, you know, obviously Harley Quinn isn't going to save the day. She isn't going to save the city, even though, ironically, she saved the day and the city in the last episode of her cartoon show, because that's <laughs> how much she's grown and evolved in that series. I'm actually kind of happy they did that. And even at the end, too, when Harley kind of screws over the rest of the team and leaves. And I'm like, yeah, I guess they still need to keep her an anti-hero or anti-villain, however you want to look at it, because she's still probably going to be in that Suicide Squad sequel. Yeah, well, she is. We've seen set photos and stuff of her that look look more like a Harley Quinn from the comics as well. She, she yeah, doesn't, doesn't seem to like look like like white trash anymore. I wonder how they're going to square that circle because this movie does it probably the best way it can where it's like, okay, Joker breaks Harley out of jail at the end of Suicide Squad and then what happens? Oh, he got bored of her and kicked her to the curb minutes later. <laughs> and Which then, is the most Joker thing I can think of. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love how they treated the Joker in this film where it's like, okay, so this Joker was Jared Leto. We can't have him because he's a fucking insane person. No one likes his Joker. So we'll just have like stunt doubles in like green wigs every now and then. And and we'll take him out of scenes that were from Suicide Squad that were in this film. Man, <laughs> Man that blew my mind. That was hilarious <laughs> in and of itself. I'm like, this is the best joke the movie tells right here. <laughs> that Jared Leto existed at one point. <laughs> also, I was shocked too because that, that last trailer really heavily implied that Harley killed the Leto Joker when she mm. blew up Ace Chemical. Didn't actually happen in the movie, but she really might as well have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they that that was what it was, and they got scared after like the Joker did really well, like the Joker film, uh, and, and they're like, "Oh, don't kill him off. Like, leave him." <laughs> yeah, just just leave it there. We might do something with it in the future. Also, man, how many times have they blown up Ace Chemical now? Batman blows it up in Batman '89. Harley blew it up here. <laughs> If it's funny, you mentioned Batman. This whole movie takes place in Gotham, and Batman's referenced once, and yep. we never see like the bat signal or like even hints that Batman is around. Yeah, I, I that's that's very interesting. And again, I guess that's the way you should do it: either reference Batman and have him show up, or just don't make me think about it at all. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the funny. I didn't want to think about, it, but then like they did stuff like they were having like fucking car chases through the middle of fucking gotham blowing up ace chemicals that, that all the stuff at amusement man i'm like well, batman like should be involved in this somehow like even if they just had like a tv thing where it's like oh batman is tied up doing uh he's like in fucking space with the justice league or something yeah yeah something like that Again, it didn't really bother me because, again, I am in the know, and it's like, they sure as shit ain't going to have Robert Pattinson come down, <laughs> and they sure ain't having the other guy come down. <laughs> Batman's in rehab, kids. That's why he couldn't come. Because <laughs> Batman is in very real rehab. <laughs> uh what's some other stuff there uh again you know we mentioned Bruce. That Bruce the hyena joke, that is pretty funny. That is, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> That was a good bit. I like he comes back at the end. I like that Harley Quinn lives above a Chinese restaurant. I think it was a Taiwanese restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I think it might have been. Uh, which, again, you know, she she's kind of friends with the owner. And, again, I wish that had a little bit more time, too, because it's like, oh, Harley is actually able 
to keep a relationship going with a normal person. Ah, he kind of screws her over at the end, but, you know, Harley chooses to stick with Cassandra at the end, showing that she's a little better than that. You know, there's definitely there's definitely some layers here. There's definitely some more stuff to be played around with with her character. The thing that I actually was dying to know more about and that I really wish we would get a Saw-esque sequel of people who were just hanging out in the background, Harley's friends at the beginning of the movie. Like, Harley just has, like, regular <laughs> sycophant friends, and I'm like, they... They know she's killed people, right? They know why. Why are they hanging out with her? What's what are their daytime lives like? Yeah, well, I actually I found that part really interesting. Where like she broke up with the Joker and everything, but then like used the clout that being Lied the Joker's it. girlfriend got her to like yeah get pissed at parties and like break Daniel Bernhardt's legs and and stuff like that. That was pretty clever, and the fact that she had to hide it and keep her keep it close to the chest. I almost wish they had played that up for a little bit longer in the movie. Yeah, but I did like how it like eventually caught up to her and like made kind of shit get real. It was a, again, it was a very Grand Theft Auto moment there, where it's like, oh no, you've got a five star wanted level, and now everyone <laughs> is coming after you. <laughs> Uh, ooh, let's talk about the soundtrack here. You know, it's so funny in a post-Guardians of the Galaxy world, every superhero movie now kind of has to have a bitchin' soundtrack, and if they don't, it seems lesser in comparison. This one had a pretty good set of songs. Uh, again, much better than Suicide Squad because it didn't just grab a bunch of popular songs. This movie mm -hmm. actually had songs that I'm pretty sure the characters in it would listen to. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, very, it was um, stuff you, you'd probably hear in black mask club or like harley listening to it wasn't you know uh goddamn bohemian rhapsody because queen's popular and guardians of the galaxy did it mm. you know the uh, the only song i didn't like was the very sad uh the the sad lo-fi cover of hit me with your best shot i'm like well this one kind of came out of nowhere <laughs> That feels like we were going to use this in a trailer at one point when we wanted it to seem more sad and we kept the rights to it. So, you know, yeah. we just had to put it in somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah, the the Diamonds are a girl's best friend and a lot of the other one. Uh, Black Betty, again, another great use of that one there. So pretty pretty good soundtrack, I would say. Definitely gets points for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess what else can we really say about the movie? I mean, it, it is the best thing about it and the worst thing about it is that it keeps things very simple it's not like trying to blow your mind it's not trying to reinvent the wheel it's just trying to be a fun version of what it is yeah it's it's a completely fun film it doesn't break new ground or anything i i do think that like they kind of missed a beat with just they should have just called it fucking a harley quinn film uh, featuring the birds of prey or what would become the birds of prey it, it would fix so many problems, right? And I know that seems like a weird thing to be hung up on, but it's just like you you could fix so much if you yeah. just changed this one thing that I think people would be going in with different expectations. Yeah, well, that's the thing. People aren't going into it because this film's a fucking flop. <laughs> well, I mean, it's this is like that weird movie math there where it's like only your first weekend matters and it had a bad first weekend but it made more of its money back after that but then it got knocked out of the number one spot by fucking sonic the hedgehog which is really fucking sonic 
that's got and then it's like well sonic isn't actually doing very good either but it's doing better than this so it's like again <laughs> it just the optics on it look really bad and that's unfortunate because again i think i think there's something here and i would have liked to have seen a follow-up in some regard and i mean we're definitely this isn't the last we've seen of margot robbie that's for sure she's gonna be in the suicide squad and probably in more after this they might just you know kind of develop that one a little differently yeah, well, again, this it, it kind of begs the question, like, say, this film, they kind of, like, step back and let the director and all those people sort of, like, do their thing, and then it came out, and then it, like, seemingly, it or in their eyes, it failed. So, yep. like, does that mean they're going to get the trailer trailer people coming in for, for who are from the Suicide Squad? uh first suicide squad film are they gonna come in and and do the sequel i i really hope not and again i'm glad you brought that up matt too because i mean that's something that we can definitely say in this movie's credit is that this definitely 100 percent feels like the work of you know the director and writer and everyone this (laughs) this was their creative vision 100 percent there's a vision there there's a style that it's it's all very plain there yeah, it, it didn't get noted to death. And again, as we've said a million times before, Warner Brothers always seems to learn the wrong lesson with everything. And I mm-hmm. hope they don't learn the wrong lesson here again. As I said, because this film failed, like, what does that mean for, like, Gun Suicide Squad? Because that's still filming and probably almost finished. Is that, I, and I said, like, oh, is, is, is the trailer people getting called up? Are they going to be coming in soon? <laughs> Yeah, really. I mean, you would think that, you know, they would treat Gunn differently because it's like, oh, well, he came from the other guys. He has the golden touch. He's the one who can make this stuff work when we seem so incapable. You say that, but yeah, yeah. Again, like, it's WB. They learned the wrong lessons. (laughs) About everything. They're like, look, can this be R-rated too? Can we have the Joker in this as well? That Joker movie made a billion dollars. I could see an... I, I could see a suicide squad film be r-rated i I could understand why that film would be r-rated but at the same point it's like yeah are they going to try and force that if gun doesn't want that or and also too it's going to be very interesting down the line for gun and these characters as well where it's like okay well who has more pull in this situation robbie clearly has a lot of pull this movie was in many ways a vanity project for her does Mm -hmm. that mean she gets no more vanity projects is that just look just show up for these movies now do do the gun thing because gun clearly knows what's going on here but also maybe maybe don't follow him completely and maybe do have more clout because he also works for marvel so we're not going to have a hundred percent of his undivided time yeah it's it's very weird situation and i'm intrigued to see what will become of this and whether this will get a sequel or these characters will appear in other things maybe not though (laughs) you know what my pitch for a sequel would be call it harley and ivy that's the sequel it's tell the first meeting of harley quinn and poison ivy well the, that's the thing you could kind of do two sequels to this film you could do a harley one and like a birds mm. of prey one like a proper birds of prey movie indeed you could which in that case i would say just adapt like the first uh, arc of gail simone's arrival. yeah yeah like bring in like lady blackhawk and all those people yeah just do that and then there you go you got a whole franchise on your hands right there but yeah it'll be interesting to see what the takeaway from this one was and how it does on dvd too and digital because like as we said before shazam you and i both loved similarly 
uh, had a really soft weekend, a bit of a weak gross, but I think it really took a year for that movie to catch on and kind of for the Christmas season to come around. And now I think it's actually on its way to becoming a Home Alone-ass Christmas staple now, where it's like, oh, well, you got to watch that at Christmas time. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be really interesting to see its uh, physical and digital release. But also, like, as I said before, like, will they... So they've seen that, like, the R rating kind of maybe hurt it. Will they do, mm. like, a PG-13 cut of the film? I think you could do it. I really do. Oh, yeah, no, you could definitely do it. But the thing is, will they? That's the thing. You know, again, we just complimented how happy we were that, you know, this was really the director and writer's vision come to life on this one. Then I feel kind of like a hypocrite by saying, yeah, but you could totally cut this down to a PG-13, though. Yeah, well, I, I think, like, a lot of, the, like, the R-rated just comes from, like, swear words and, like, the odd, like, scene uh, of, like, a flayed face. <laughs> yeah, of uber violence. It is kind of funny, too, and I know we talked about this before, you know, DC went all in on Harley Quinn a couple years ago as a character and basically changed everything about her, where mm -hmm. it's like, look, we got to get her away from the Joker. She's an anti-villain now. She has fun shenanigans. She's our fourth pillar because she sells a ton of merchandise. And, you know, we want to sell Harley Barbies and we want to have Harley be in more cartoon shows and everything and have her be, you know, acceptable for little kids. Mm -hmm. And then we have here what, again, is basically the Harley movie. And then you hide that behind an r rating and say oh sorry kids you can't actually come see this yeah it's again very strange very strange and it's like we compare it to deadpool and deadpool came out the same time like when it came out originally around valentine's day but you know they they built it as a love story and again deadpool had been like a big meme generator for like almost a decade before that so mm -hmm. like anyone who had n never even read a comic book before at least knew oh i know deadpool he's that meme superhero oh i gotta <laughs> go see this and also deadpool felt kind of a little cheeky and like a little subversive because it was mm -hmm. making fun of other superhero movies and like the superhero conventions harley despite like kind of breaking the fourth wall sometimes doesn't really go in that direction no and i think if she did she'd just be a deadpool knockoff She'd just be a, and I'm glad they don't go in that direction. I'm glad she kind of mm -hmm. retains more of her character. It's it's this ultimate you're damned if you do, damned if you don't uh, situation. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in the chat says, if Harley's a Barbie, who's Ken? Well, Ken is Ken. Ken is only ever Ken. <laughs> yeah, it's just Ken. <laughs> just Ken. He's got one name. It's like Cher. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that note, everyone, I guess we can start winding down the show. Oh, hey, I never actually uh, talked about our sponsor, everyone. Uh, LiveFitFood.ca. Get a meal plan that works for you. Check them out and use the promo code JoelDaily20, and you will get a whopping 20% off. I also gave away $50 on uh, the Patreon page uh, last week. Nice. Yeah, so there you go. Also, again, if you are a patron, you'll get to listen to this episode first before anyone else. Uh, it's always nice to see someone become a patron. Uh, really helps keep the lights on here. You know, really helps us do stuff. I try and reward those guys by getting them to hear the show and see the show first before anyone else. Uh, Got to do another commentary. I haven't done a special exclusive commentary in a while, but I definitely want to uh, do one for them coming up uh, in the near future. So keep your eyes open for that. Cool. Uh, any closing thoughts, Matt? Anything at all? Uh, no, not really. Yes, uh, Party Pug wants uh, some mo comic multiverse emojis for Twitch. Can we make uh, them? Can can we make them? If we can make them, I'll figure yeah. out how to do it and put them in. 
yeah, man, you're asking the wrong guy. Matt, Matt's on the case, everyone. When things get done in work, it's because Matt did them. And when things take six months to get done, it's because I did it. <laughs> Matt's the guy you go to when you want shit done now. I'm the guy you go to when you want something done six months by now. It's it's a miracle I remember to upload the show to SoundCloud uh, every uh, every Thursday. <laughs> at some point when i remember oh man speaking of podcasts uh this is a funny story before we actually end officially here uh so i wrote a bunch of podcast networks like last month and i'm like hey you know we've been doing this show for almost 200 episodes and you know we got a lot of fans on twitch and all over the place and here's my own channel metrics can we can we be part of your podcast network can you put us up where other shows are so you know hopefully more people can find us who you know don't know us through youtube mm-hmm and uh, I got at least one letter back. I wrote the Canadian companies first because I figured, you know, be easier to deal with them. Mm -hmm. I'm a Canadian. They need so much Canadian content, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, we like your channel and everything. This is pretty cool. But uh, you're on SoundCloud and it gives us really shitty stats. That's why most people use it for music and not for podcasts. Well, the fuck was I to know when I first did it originally? But uh, yeah, hey, send us over your stats. We're looking for, you know, like uh, 10,000 downloads an episode for us to take a look at you and i'm like oh oh well, i guess i'm not gonna write you back because uh because we don't get ten thousand uh 10, 000, downloads Jesus. an episode i'm like that's a fucking lot i guess that's the divide between a really popular podcast and us <laughs> <laughs> i guess we're a cult following podcast everyone not that i have a problem with that you're the best cult around but you know if all of you could go out and maybe download ten thousand episodes tomorrow that'd be pretty sweet yeah we'll have to get some of those russian bots to download it suddenly uh, we're, we're like a fifty thousand yeah. view podcast podcast <laughs> it's true and let's like i stop and think about it. it's like even just the podcast i'm listening to, like did they get ten thousand down yeah i guess because they're usually popular comedians in their own right or, you know, popular internet personalities in their own right. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what the fuck would we have to do to get 10,000 downloads an episode? Should we have hole. to pay you for listening. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We got we to gotta get our buttholes on there. We got to do, do something, Matt. In fact, in the comments section down below, tell us what do we need to do to get 10,000 downloads. We'll start doing it. <laughs> Nothing, nothing too crazy. I was gonna say uh, nothing is too crazy. By all means, let us know what we need to do. <laughs> well, we'll get right on that. <laughs> so again, thank you everyone for watching and listening. Uh, much, much appreciated, and we will be back again next week, everyone. So until then, I've been Cave Joel. I'm Matt. Bye, bye, everybody. Bye.